Good afternoon, guys. <clears throat> Welcome to this bonus episode of Emmett Audio. This is <clears throat> something I'm doing for um, Sasha out in Australia, who said that he is blind or visually impaired. I get the impression that he has some visual sense, but not a lot. And he wanted uh, me to explain, if I could, how you might go about carving when you're blind. And I said I'd give it a thought and and see what I could come up with. So Sasha, this one's for you. <clears throat> so I think the most important thing to recognize whether or not you're blind is that good carving form, meaning what you're doing with your hands, always carries with it some safety stops such that you how to describe it such that you you are not going to cut your hands i've actually thought about trying to carve a spoon blindfolded almost as a stunt because when you are using good form um, and your knife is properly sharp so that you can go gently and still, and still cut without, you know, a great deal of effort, you should be able to carve without fear of hitting your, of cutting yourself, even if you're not looking. So let's go over the grips. The first grip is the hand squeeze. Right where, um, and this I use any situation where I'm holding the spoon and I'm going out from there. So like the back of the bowl, around the sides of the bowl, uh, sometimes the back of the handle. All of those situations are ones in which the hand holding the spoon is actually the one pushing the wood against the against the knife. And what you're doing with the knife hand, the knife hand has no power. All the knife hand is doing is is steering the edge of the blade. And generally, my two thumbs are next to each other on the spine of the blade right next to the handle. And then I'm working between the thumb and the forefinger of the hand holding the spoon, at, meaning the thumb of the spoon hand is on the spine of the blade, and then I'm using somewhere between the middle to the tip of the of the knife to do the carving, and it's all happening in between my thumb and my forefinger of the hand that's also holding the spoon. So, and sometimes I'm pivoting the knife off of that thumb, but a pivot, the knife, the beautiful thing about a pivot is that a pivot implies that you're actually pulling knife back against your thumb, so that you're pulling the spine of the knife back against your thumb, and then continuing that motion around, and that's carrying the tip of the blade from that pivot forward. Beautiful thing about a pivot is that if you're doing it right, you can stop on a dime, and you, um, and you 
there's never any force, um, any tension being pushed in, in a direction that's sort of open. It's all being pulled back against your thumb in that instance. So that's the hand squeeze. And a lot of times with the hand squeeze, you know, I'm opening and closing the fingers of the hand that's actually holding the spoon. And that's pulling the wood back against the tip of the knife. Sometimes there's a pivot to extend that cut, but a lot of times it's, um, a lot of times it's not. You know, if I was, if I was, uh, gonna practice carving blind, I would first practice by just practicing, um, using a hand squeeze to just point a stick. I mean, I mean, to carve a point onto a stick using a hand squeeze, not using the like thing that you think about, which is where you're like, I'm going to push with the hand that's holding the knife. No, no. What I'm saying is the power comes from the hand holding the spoon. There's no power in the knife hand. And that means that if the blade pops out, it's not going anywhere because it can only extend the distance that you're able to pull the wood back against the spoon. So there's no force that's going to slam the knife into your leg or hand or whatever because there just because there just is none. Um, it's very important with this cut to make sure that where you are pushing, where the knife is biting into the wood is not directly in front of where your thumb is on the spine of the blade. It has to be offset from that. If it's directly in front of your thumb, you're going to have a fraction of the power and control that you otherwise would have. So that's your primary cut number one. Primary cut number two, so I would say if you're blind, Sasha, practice pointing, take a take a little chunk of wood that you can hold comfortably in your hand and practice carving a point into it. Practice number two is the pull stroke. And what makes the pull stroke safe? So the pull stroke is when you're holding the knife uh, straight up and down with the edge facing you and your fingers are holding the tip of the spoon and you're, you're pressing the other end of the spoon, whichever end you're, you're working towards, uh, against your sternum. And you're working in between your hand and your sternum. Now what keeps you safe, what keeps you from cutting yourself? So you can't cut the hand that's holding the spoon because it's back behind the blade, right? Because the blade's coming towards you and the hand is back behind that, holding the tip of the spoon. And what is keeping you from cutting yourself with the knife is that you keep your knife, the elbow of your knife arm in tightly against your side. And as you get your knife closer and closer to yourself, you're going to slowly put your forearm and then your wrist and then the base of your hand right up against your body, press it against your chest. And that pressing against your body limits the range of the knife progressively as it gets closer to you so that it cannot cut you. Now you still have to be careful because you could like lean down and poke your face onto the knife, right? So that's something you have to be aware of. But uh, it means that if the knife pops out, it physically can't get to you, even though you can exert tremendous power with your shoulder blades, the muscles in your back, by contracting your shoulder blades to make these cuts. And I would say the thing to practice on would be to just get some thin pieces of wood. Maybe you could have someone prepare them on the bandsaw, or you could, I don't know what your abilities are, Sasha. And practice making chopsticks, because that's all that is, just these long, delicate cuts. So just practice those cuts, long, delicate cuts. Now, um... 
as far as doing the rim pivot cuts. The rim pivot cuts are, hmm, I guess if you get into this and it's working for you, I'd say the rim pivot cuts are best already described if you go back in my podcast, back several months, so dozens of episodes, um, I described the rim pivot cuts in one of my podcast episodes um, that uh, was a topic-by-topic process over the course of many episodes of How I Carve a Spoon. I don't want to get into it because it's too long. And I think it it misses the point. I don't want to get bogged down in all that. I think practicing pointing a stick with the hand squeeze cut and practicing, you know, pulling long shavings off of chopsticks with the pull stroke is definitely the, the place to start. I don't think that axing really makes sense. Um... At least I can't think of how to visually do the axing. I think something like a stock knife would maybe make more sense, which is what a clog maker uses, right? Which is like a, a long blade, kind of like a very thick machete with a handle, like a cross handle on one end. And then it's, it's like hinged into a big staple, pounded into the stump on the other end. So sort of like a hinged knife. And... I've seen Jojo Wood carve spoon blanks with it instead of using an axe. And I think that that would probably be a good choice for you because you'd be able to sort of get it positioned, get a feel for it, and make the cut. And I think you'd be able to get there, actually, with that. So I think a stock knife is is what you want to pursue. Now let's talk about hook knives for a second. So with hook knives... First of all, the, the hook knife is the one thing where you really want to spring for the best hook knife you can get. I'm affiliated with Matt White. I think his hook knives are the best out there. A hook knife is where you're going to struggle and you're going to cut yourself, and that's what I see for people even who are sighted. So getting a hook knife that is going to be as effortless as possible um, is is going to be important. And... And so, okay, dogs, let's turn around. Um, And the key with a hook knife is that the way to not cut yourself with a hook knife is to choke up on the blade so that when you place the handle in your hand, let's say you put your, I'm a lefty, so I'm just going to describe it. If I put the hand that's holding the knife out such that my thumb is sticking up at right angles from my fingers and my fingers are all together facing out in the direction that my palm is going. Then I place the knife across it right so that the back spine of the blade, the soft spine of the blade that won't cut you, right, it's not the edge, is right against the first knuckle of your index finger and then the handle is in your middle ring and pinky fingers. And the edge, when your hand is held out open like that, the edge is looking straight up at you. That's how you hold it. And then you wrap your fingers around it like that. By choking up on the hook knife that high, which is higher than most people do, you make it much more difficult to cut yourself with a hook knife. And at the same time, you give yourself much more power. 
you always pull the hook knife towards your, how to describe this, better way to describe this, you always brace the thumb of the knife hand when you're using a hook knife on the opposite side of the spoon bowl so that you're pulling towards something. And then some of the times I'm pulling, I'm opening and closing my hands to get that power and some of the time I'm actually pivoting the wood with the other hand against the knife to get at least some of the power. I might still open and close my hand. But, but the pivot allows me to get the other hand exerting some of the force and takes a lot of the strain off of my knife hand. So the key to being safe, whether you're sighted or not with a hook knife, is to open and close, I'm sorry, is to choke up on the knife so that it is further down in your hand than you think. And that will make it much more difficult to cut yourself because when your fist is fully closed, the knife will still be a quarter to a half an inch away from the pad of your thumb. And then when you use the hook knife, you don't try to pull the hook knife up and over your thumb. You just stop right before you get to your thumb. When the, when your hand chokes up, I'm sorry, when your hand, yeah, when your hand closes completely and chokes up, then you stop the cut, you come at it from a different angle. So I think with those things in mind, I think you could be able to carve a spoon um, that has been made into a blank. I think you'd be able to do it. Um, you know, and then I think, so you'd want to obviously practice with something less complicated than a spoon to sort of get a handle on some of these motions. And then I think deciding on a single size spoon to practice on at first would be helpful because so much of sort of developing a sense of, oh, how far did that go, has to do with um, getting very familiar with the shapes. So part of the reason why I think I could carve something blindfolded right now is I think I could carve a spoon form that I'm very familiar with blindfold. I think it'd be much more difficult if I was to try and carve blindfolded a spoon form that I was not familiar with because um, I would just have less of a sense of, okay, that length of cut equals this amount of the handle, etc., etc. So best of luck. Hope it goes well. As always, be safe. Remember, if you think to yourself that what you're doing is not safe, trust that. If you think it's not safe, it's not safe. All of the hand positions I just described, when you use them, they should feel totally safe. They should feel like there's absolutely no way that you're going to cut yourself. And that's how I've never cut myself carving, is that I, I stick to those hand positions and I shy away from anything that I get that nagging little feeling in my head that maybe this could go wrong. Best of luck, Sasha. Let me know how it goes.